With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No matter how week four made you feel about losing to a bitter division rival, week five is here. Ron Rivera has given us plenty of bulletin board material, and King Henry and the Tennessee Titans, who were top the NFC, or excuse me, the AFC in 2021 with their 12 and 5 record, are coming to town for the breast cancer awareness game. And the question remains can the commanders keep the former rushing leader in check? Now that they are getting hot, this Sunday is the attack on the Titans as they open as three-and-a-half-point favorites at FedEx Field. But welcome to the preview edition of the Sidelines Washington podcast, where we take command for the Sidelines Sports Network. I'm your host and head of NFL operations here, Parker Hamlet. If you're listening to us in the audio realm, guys, as always, on this beautiful Thursday, make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. It really doesn't matter, guys. Pick your poison. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you guys subscribe and do what it says in the intro. Click that bell to turn on no, all notifications. We're coming to you guys twice a week. Uh, for the preview and post game Tuesdays and Thursdays, exclusive YouTube content as needed to as warranted. Really, uh, not a lot to talk about lately. It's been a pretty down in the dumps kind of last couple of weeks. Hoping that this football team commanders can get it right. But joining me for this preview edition for Week Five is a very special guest. He is one of the co-hosts of the Commanders Declassified podcast. One of my favorites. We've had Ellie. We've had Eric on the show. But joining me now is my guy first time guest brian some of you may know him as mr who on twitter brian titans you know kind of doing what we hope that the commanders are going to do starting this sunday getting back to 500 we're hoping that they can string together some wins maybe against tennessee maybe against chicago on thursday night football but i mean you know a very tumultuous start to the season for the tennessee titans a tough one point loss to the giants an absolute thrashing to the bills and then, you know, of course, they bounced back against the Raiders and then against the divisional opponent Colts this past weekend, which was their fourth straight win versus Indianapolis, the longest winning streak in franchise history. I got to ask, kind of see where you're gauged on this. Do you see this as a bounce back game for the commanders or a real test? Because, I mean, depending on how you feel about this Titans organization, this Titans team, this time last year, they were seen as contenders in the AFC, number one seed. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this should be looked at as a bounce back game uh, for the commanders. The commanders need this game. Uh, they really do. They're reeling right now. Uh, nothing that, that they're doing is working. And absolutely, the Mike Vrabel has made the Tennessee Titans in a short amount of time one of the more competitive teams in football, and he has them, you know, uh, perennially in the playoffs. So absolutely, this is a measuring stick game. Like uh, if, if you remember last year, Ron said uh, that Buffalo game was a measuring stick. Well, Buffalo took the measuring stick and beat us with it that game. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen here with the Titans on Sunday. Hopefully we measure up 
hopefully, uh, you know, this team and this coaching staff kind of take to heart some of the lessons that they've learned here these last couple of weeks, and they're able to uh, to pull out the win. But yeah, this is an important game against a good opponent. The Titans uh, were reeling a little bit to start the year, but you can see them at these last two games. They're rounding back into form. Derrick Henry is starting to look like King Henry, and uh, that's not a good thing for us. So we've, we've got our work cut out for us on Sunday. Got our work cut out for us. Uh, very well said. Uh, a lot like the other guys at the Classified. You always know your stuff. Make sure you guys check out the Commanders, the Classified podcast. Brian's being noble about it. They're they're a constant part of my post game rotation. Uh, those guys are great. So make sure you guys go subscribe. But Mike Vrabel, you know, you, you kind of went where I was going to go next. This is this guy's a huge component. I'll never forget that signature win he got. Uh, last game for Tom Brady uh, in Foxborough. So a, a big moment for Mike Vrabel, former player. And these former player guys, these Dan Campbell types, these are guys that are flourishing in the league right now. And, yeah. you know, you can only hope that a guy like Mike Vrabel could fall into the commander's lap if we are talking in a life post-Rivera, who I definitely feel like still has plenty of time with the Burgundy and Gold. But, I mean, Vrabel, a Coach of the Year winner, culture being a big word for him and and that was kind of a big reason that they are able to kind of move some of these parts around trade your aj browns they think that they can plug some of these young guys in and they have the culture there obviously they're second in the division right now two and two but coming into this season variable is 41 and 24 as a head coach for the tennessee titans so great numbers there and you talked about their identity, something that the commanders certainly lack. Their identity, uh, everything runs through King Henry. A lot of stuff's predicated off play action. That makes life a lot easier in Ryan Tannehill. But this Titans offense in 2021, 17th total, 5th in rushing, 24th in passing, 8th on 3rd down. So some encouraging stuff there. Obviously, a lot of this offense runs through Derrick Henry. But, you know, as I said, 24th ranked passing offense. You got to take a look at a guy like Ryan Tannehill, who a lot of people said had a career renaissance uh, when they acquired the 11th year quarterback. Uh, You know, a lot of people saying coming into the season as well as job possibly on the line, a very putrid playoff performance against the Cincinnati Bengals in that huge upset win. Like I said, they were the number one seed last year, Brian. And, you know, in 2021, he finishes with an 89.6 passer rating, which is well below the league average. His worst statistical season since 2015 with Miami. And he's some Taylor Heineke touchdown interception ratio here. 21 touchdowns, 14 picks, 3,000 yards, of course. But he's also a multifaceted kind of guy dating back to his college days. This is a very mobile quarterback. And if you watch the week four highlights, Brian, you really know Notice that you know he makes a lot of plays and extends a lot of drives with his legs. Uh, some other numbers: he's fourteen and three in the AFC South, five and one versus the Colts. He is one of the highest graded in the league according to PFF and throws beyond the first read with an eighty point three grade. He's a veteran presence uh, that the Titans certainly needed at the quarterback position when they traded for him. Felt a little bit intimidated by Malik Wills, but uh, Malik Wills has shown us that he still has a long way to go. Yes, Local guy, definitely rooting for him. He said he wasn't going to mentor him, and that was definitely some controversial stuff there. Yep. Uh, Malik already surprisingly, just to show you how bad things were for the Titans earlier in the season, Malik already getting some playing time in week yeah. two versus the Bills. So things definitely haven't gone their way, but they seem to be getting back on track. And Derrick Henry... 2021, he had 937 rushing yards and 10 TDs in seven games before breaking his right foot. They draft Hassan Haskins as, as an insurance policy, hoping Derrick Henry can get back on track. Uh, he was, a, of course, the top 15 rush game this year, and they're just getting started. Uh, you know, Derrick Henry in his seventh season, uh, he didn't really become the starter until 2019, but he's second in franchise rushing touchdowns with 65. He only needs eight more to become wow. an all-time leader. Only a thousand more yards to become the second all-time rushing yards leader. And, you know, you already mentioned, Ryan, kind of the trajectory he's been on. It, it, he's on the upswing. 
Uh, kind of back and forth a little bit here uh, throughout the first four weeks of the season. He had 21 carries, 82 yards week one, 12 carries for 25 week two in that blowout loss. Week three, he had 20 carries for 85 yards. And then week four, which is the big game this last Sunday, 22 carries for 114 yards, uh, three touchdowns on the season for him. He also had a touchdown negated by a really bad Robert Woods hold. It was either Robert Woods or Traylon Burks. Can't remember quite, quite off the top of my head, but right. he's the third highest graded Titan uh, in this win versus the Colts, you know, and, and and they got some pretty stout guys backing him up. Deontay Foreman, who's pretty solid. Yep. I mean, and you look across the rest of this offense, you got Traylon Burks, who I, I, like I said, I think had that hold week two, he had a 79 PFF grade. His snaps just keep going up. There was all this stuff about his conditioning during the summer. Robert Woods, who got his first touchdown of the year this Sunday, he's a great blocker. He's a guy who's not afraid to get dirty. He's averaging 12.8 yards per catch, 75.9 PFF grade. Honorable mention to Josh Gordon, who also saw the field. Which one of these wide receivers, Brian, do you feel like is going to be that Devontae Smith kind of X factor, that CeeDee Lamb kind of X factor for this Titans offense, and who do you think that the commanders need a game plan for the most? Well, you know, my my first uh, my first guess was going to be Traylon Burks, but it was reported today that uh, he's got uh, some turf toe and that, uh, yeah, he's potentially going to miss this game Sunday. So if that turns out to be the case, I, I'm going to have to go with the old crafty veteran, uh, Robert Woods. He is long in the tooth. He's not explosive but he does know how to run routes. He does know where to find those soft spots within the zone defense. And as you know, the soft zone defense is a staple here in Washington. That is our favorite defense to run. So that could potentially uh, be some problems uh, right there. So I expect uh, Robert Woods to have a big day because he's going to be the focal point in the past game. Um, obviously, the their main threat will be Derrick Henry. But uh, a, a, any type of uh, throw through the air, uh, I, I'm looking forward to go to um, – uh, Robert Woods, and then also some screens uh, to, uh, to to King Henry as well. I think that's something uh, that they're they're going to want to do as well too. But uh, look for Robert Woods, absolutely. Robert Woods was my X factor kind of guy, wide receiver as well. Yeah. And you know, obviously Kyle Phillips getting getting a lot of snaps early in the season as well. Uh, there's a couple other guys uh, on that roster, fringe players who kind of made some plays this last week. But I definitely don't see any of them outshining Robert Woods, who is a very savvy veteran wide receiver in this league at this point. He's been passed around a little bit, but like I said, great blocker, knows his role. And and with Traylon Burks now with that turf toe that you're just now reporting, and that was my first time actually hearing that. Believe it or not. Uh, I feel like Robert Woods is a guy that can kind of squeak through. Um, I, I, of course, there are a couple of those fringe guys that you could possibly make an argument for. But like like you said, with Burks out, you could definitely see a guy like Robert Woods stepping up. And, you know, things not really going according to plan for the Titans to start off the year here. They oh. lose Taylor Lewan. Uh, torn ACL. I think it was the first play of week two. This is a big year for Taylor Lewan. Uh who's facing a pay cut or he's pretty much done with the organization. No guaranteed money. Uh, he's owed $14.5 million last year. He's on the final year of his $80 million deal. They drafted Dylan Raddance and uh, uh, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer. And, then, of course, they have Nate Davis. Uh, a lot of depth issues on the offensive line for Tennessee. You don't see them making excuses, though. I mean, they're getting that ground game going, and, and they're churning. Uh, there's no post-game press conferences where their coach is all somber. They just get things done. And, you know, as far as the offensive start to the season for them in general, Todd Downing had a solid year last year, but a really a tough start to 2022. I know I'm saying that a lot, but I mean, this really was a theme up until these last two weeks. At one point, they failed to score a single second half point each of their first two games is 57 to seven. I think they were outscored by. 
But, you know, they're trying to get their their identity, trying to get back on track. Losing A.J. Brown was always going to be something that was going to heavily affect this offense. And, oh, yeah. you know, That's- Commanders fans seem to have a very weird opinion on A.J. Brown, but he's a very good wide receiver. And if you don't believe that, look at Mike Brable's draft day war room reaction to him being traded. I mean, he did everything but cuss out the owner at that point. Absolutely. But, you know, I will say the Commanders defense has been pretty stout these last two weeks. And for what they've had to deal with, in my opinion, Brian, how do you expect them to attack this Titans offense? Because, I mean, you know, you lose a guy like Taylor LeJuan. You're, you're really young on the inside, whereas the Commanders are really old. And, you know, you you, you have Traylon Burks out. I, I feel like this is a beatable Titans team that does rely a lot on play action. How do you expect the the, the Commanders defense to kind of attack them? Well, I, I think you're I think you're spot on with uh, what you were saying about the commander's defense playing well these last few games. Uh, and they have they've actually switched up some of the coverages that they run in the back end. We've seen a lot more man coverage, uh, which is something I'm sure you and everybody, all of us have been screaming for these last couple of uh, seasons. But, uh, you know, when we do run that man coverage, we force that quarterback to make better throws, tighter throws. And uh, that gives us the ability to knock down passes, be in better position to make the play after the catch uh, and get off the field on third down. So that has been nice to see that. Uh, some of the blitzing that we've seen from um, Jamin Davis. Jamin Davis actually has a lot of sacks uh, this year or in terms of on our team. And he's really starting to come along in the run game. He's got a lot of work to do in the pass game, but we kind of knew that already. And if Jack Del Rio can continue to move Jamin Davis forward right have him going forward attacking that line of scrimmage especially with Derrick Henry Derrick Henry's a a, a bigger back those guys when they get ahead of steam it's very hard to tackle them they can easily fall forward for an extra five yards so you've got to attack those guys behind the line of scrimmage and get them down early and that's where somebody like Jamin Davis who is super athletic and fast can shoot those gaps and make that tackle in the backfield for no gain for a loss uh, before Derrick Henry can build up that head of steam and then bulldoze right through our defense. So uh, I I really think that, um, you know, if we're able to kind of mix up some of those coverages, play some more man coverage like we have been, which has been a breath of fresh air. It's been awesome to see that. Uh, And our defensive line, they've actually played well. Like Jonathan Allen, I mean, he's a stud. He always plays well. Uh, Deron Payne has really kind of upped it, uh, his level this year. You know, is it a contract year that's making him do it? I don't know, probably, but he's playing really well. So our two guys on the inside are doing well. I think we do need some more pass rush help on the outside, uh, in terms of our defensive ends. But, uh, I, I think, I think we have a better plan to kind of stop a, uh, a run game. Uh, we did, I think we did decent against the Eagles and hopefully we can continue that against the Titans. Huge key component of this game is getting Derrick Henry before he gets that huge, nasty head of steam. Oh, yeah. That's a great point. That, that's honestly a key to victory for the Washington Commanders if they want to bounce back this Sunday against the Titans. And, you know, you, you, I, I'll be very intrigued, Brian, to see how this defense finishes if they do continue on this trajectory that they're on right now. And, you know, I don't know about you, but when, you know, CeeDee Lamb broke open that huge touchdown uh, late in the game, they were only, I think, up 15 to 10 at that point. It was kind of to be expected. You You can't expect this defense to stay in these games, be on the field that long, and for them not to allow some huge explosive plays like this. So explosive plays being a huge area of concern for the commanders the first couple of weeks, they seem to be making up ground in that, in that aspect. And, you know, All that Jack Del Rio talk seems like the pendulum is swinging now towards Scott Turner. But, you know, we'll talk about the Titans defense here for a second, led led by uh, Shane Bowen, second year defensive coordinator. They finished 12th overall, second rushing, uh, 25th in passing, sixth scoring, 10th interceptions and time for ninth in sacks. So 
obviously, you know, <laughs> these guys are getting to the quarterback a lot. Um, it seems like they are in 2022 to start off the season as well. If there's a guy that I'm worried about, speaking of X factors, it is Jeffrey Simmons yes. who had a 26.1 pass rush win rate, which doesn't sound great, but a 92.3 pass rush grade, six pressures, one sack. I mean, this guy is just going to eat up this interior of this offensive line. You got Sadiq Charles now starting right guard. Obviously, they finally ate their crow and admitted that they rushed back Trey Turner, who didn't practice most of the summer. Shouldn't surprise anybody. But Andrew Norwell has just had a horrific start to the season as well. Now, you don't have Sam Cosme, who was lost for the foreseeable future. Hand injury versus Dallas, reported by Ben Stanley. He got surgery today, multiple game kind of stuff. Timetable to be decided with him. Then... Chase Ruye officially placed on the IR, undergoing season-ending knee surgery, most likely ending his season. He got multiple opinions as far as I'm concerned or as far as it's being reported. Washington did convert $4.5 million of his base salary into a signing bonus, which cre- creates $3 million cap space. So that's really good to hear. Uh, Chase just getting a bunch of rough breaks, but you know we still got a lot of football left. We're only entering week five here. This now means that the Commanders will be without three week one offensive line starters. They're already on their third center. Wes Schweitzer and Chase, uh, both to IR. Now, uh, there is one big factor here, and this is something Rivera's kind of alluded to a little bit. Tyler Larson uh, being activated. I think this is going to be a big, big addition. Obviously, they relied a lot on Nick Martin. Uh, We saw how that ended up. But, you know, a lot like Brian Robinson Jr., uh, they have 21 days to activate Larson, but I think that they're going to rush him in as soon as possible. You had Ron Rivera kind of championing that they were top 10 offensive line with Tyler Larson in, you know, that lineup, that concoction of offensive linemen last year. You know, Rivera seems to be very, very frustrated with these injuries. But, you know, people seem to be upbeat with Sadiq Charles, the right guard. I ugh, I just, you know, he was part of the Ashburn cycling team for so long. Yeah. I. Him having an increased role, Ryan, really, really scares me. And, and, and some other moves that they made, they signed guard Ke- uh, Keaton Sutherland and then released yep. John Tooth off the practice squad. I said before Ruye's injury, uh, almost literally the week before, that there seemed to be no preparation uh, for if things went south. You let Brandon Sheriff walk. That's one thing. Obviously, he didn't want to be here. But you you replace him with Trey Turner, who, you know, you roll the film in Pittsburgh. There really wasn't much to be desired there. You get Andrew Norwell, who hasn't really been a good guard in this league for quite some time. You have Chase Ruye coming back from injury. You know, you're, you're good at tackle, uh, at least so far. And I feel like you were pretty good at tackle last year. Uh who do you watch out for on this Titans defense? I mean, you and D'Amico Autry have a 90 PFF grade this last week as well against his former team. This is a pass rush with Jeffrey Simmons that I feel like is going to get to these guys early and often and really attack this interior. Yeah, I, I think you said it right there. Jeffrey Simmons is going to be the guy. Uh, they have another defensive lineman. He's a defensive end, uh, Landry. Harold. Harold Landry, yep. He's out with injury. Otherwise, I would say him. He's uh, he's one of the better pass rushers in the league. But Jeffrey Simmons, um, you know, considering the injuries we do have along that interior, he can be an absolute game wrecker. So, you know, Scott Turner really kind of needs to take that to heart and kind of plan uh, to kind of keep uh, Jeffrey Simmons off of Carson Wentz. Uh, whether we're running the football, whether we're running away from him, whether we're um, utilizing our quick passing game and going to those three-step drops, getting the ball out to McKissick, to Curtis Samuel quickly um, to help that offensive line. Because if you're going to ask them to um, hold Jeffrey Simmons for a five-step, seven-step drop every play for 40-plus plays, he's going to have a big day. So we really kind of need to make sure we have a plan for him, maybe some double teams, 
uh, between the center and the guard, uh, whatever we need to do to kind of keep him from collapsing that pocket up the middle, because that if that happens, um, you know, Wentz is going to be in a world of hurt and <laughs> our team is going to be in a world of hurt. So that's the first guy, first and foremost, uh, I think that we really need to um, keep our eye on. Um, you know, they've got some solid linebackers. Zach Cunningham uh, is a guy I actually wanted us to draft a few years ago, uh, but he's a tackling machine. He led the league in tackles um, in 2020. I think he had 163. And then uh, 2019, he led the AFC in tackles with like 137. So he knows where the football is. He knows where it's going. And he particularly uh, makes a play when he's out there. So he, we've got to worry about him. And then uh, their free safety, uh, Baird, or Baird, I don't know what uh, how you say his name there, Kevin, but he he gets a lot of interceptions. Uh, the other guys on the outside, they're younger guys, so you know, hopefully we we may be able to uh, to to get uh, get some plays on them. But uh, their safety, we do have to worry about him. He's excellent. He's got a ton of interceptions, and he understands NFL offenses and where uh, quarterbacks are trying to take him uh, with the football. So uh, they've got a couple of guys uh, out there, but uh, we certainly uh, have. Some some weapons that we can kind of cause uh, them some problems. And if we utilize them right, uh, I don't see us, uh, I see us having, uh, you know, an opportunity to score some points, but uh, we got to be smart about it. That's a great overview of this Titans defense. Cause I, you know, maybe they're not making all the high impact plays uh, that they're capable of, but you know, obviously without Harold Landry, a guy that I was literally going to bring up and beat me to it, 12 sacks and 22 quarterback hits last year, Good. you know, and, and they spent a lot of money at this position at pass rusher, $87 million deal, uh, on, on Landry, and then you give 82 to Bud Dupree, who's finally back. Yep. And you know, only one sack so far registered on the season. But this is a guy that they expected to come in and be a P, uh, key pass rusher uh, coming over from the Pittsburgh Steelers. I still think he's got that upside, and you for hope you, you hope he doesn't have that <laughs> signature performance against the Washington Commanders. Hopefully, they can keep him in check. Uh, you know, his health's obviously more important to them. Uh, you know, Wyatt, uh, Derek, both guys that I feel like played pretty good in place of those guys last year. They can definitely, they can get to the quarterback. They're completely capable. And, you know, let's move to this, the other levels of the defense. You already covered it all really well. You know, 2021 first round pick Caleb Farley hasn't quite lived up to the potential. Says he's not happy. You know, Terrence Mitchell getting a little bit more of a role than him. Uh, he's also kind of beat out by their rookie corner McCreary. Christian Fulton, kind of a sneaky good guy as well. Someone that I wouldn't be attacking a lot if I was this Washington commander offensive coordinator. You got Elijah Molden in the slot, somebody I really wanted us to draft not yeah. too long ago. I think he's great. Uh, overall, I, I, I see a, a lot of really culpable, that's a, that's a word Rivera likes to use, corners here. I, I think that you can attack these guys. It, it really is a shame that we don't have Jahan, Jahan Dotson, who we talked about in the last episode, yeah. You know, obviously that's, expected that's to great. hopefully miss up to a week, possibly two. I say take your time with him, just like you're taking it with Chase. I still feel like you got Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin. Terry looking to bounce back from a very mediocre performance against the Cowboys. And linebacker, you already talked about Zach Cunningham. That's a guy I'm a big fan of as well. But David Long being the stud yeah. at linebacker for them so far. 81.5 PFF grade in week three. Looked very good against Indy. Didn't see his PFF grade for them. But, I mean, really solid group of guys considering they lost Rashad Evans to Atlanta. So, And you already talked about Kevin Byer. I mean, it's an all-pro, Pro Bowl kind of safety. That, that guy's just a ball hawk, really long, really rangy. And you got Imani Hooker as well. 
I mean, you, uh, you can pair those guys up with Buffalo's guys, and, and, and you can make an argument they're one of the best safety tandems in the AFC. So you make any mistakes, uh, and these guys are going to make you pay. Yeah. And this is a roster that can compete. And, you know, Scott Turner, obviously, you know, y- y- you got to cook up some different things. You got to give Carson more time to get the ball out. Y- y- the, the game plan is something I'm going to be very interested in going into this matchup because at, at each level of this Titans defense, you can argue they've got playmakers. And if you were to kind of attack a certain core of this Titans defense, I said that I think that their cor- their, their corners are, 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 are aren't exactly up to par. I think the top level of the defense with those safeties, I think those guys can can go sideline to sideline. We're going to talk about Jeffrey Simmons and the defensive line. Which level of that defense do you expect Scott Turner to attack the most? I think, Scott, if I'm Scott Turner, I'm looking at the middle of the field. Uh, while I love uh, Cunningham and I love David Long, uh, I, I don't think that they're a match for our guys who can um, who, who run their routes in the middle of the field. So that's Curtis Samuel, that's J.D. McKissick, that's Logan Thomas. Uh, I think if, uh, you know, you, you made a great point uh, with Jahan being out, you can slide Curtis now into that Jahan role and you can use um, either Gibson or McKissick in that kind of Curtis Samuel. Samuel, uh, uh, role, uh, where he's kind of doing all these routes over in the middle of the field and take advantage of those, uh, of those linebackers, get them on some of those quick passes where they have to cover a really kind of quick twitch, uh, fast, uh, receiver running back type of guy and get some yards, uh, right there. Have, uh, have JD McKissick make a move on somebody. JD uh, McKissick has moves for days and he can, uh, he can put one of those linebackers, um, uh, in a blender and, uh, you know, turn a five-yard check down into a 45-yard gain just like that. So utilize uh, those guys there. Logan Thomas is a big physical target. Get him the football. Um, I know he's still kind of coming back from that injury, so he may not run away from anybody, but he's a big guy, big body that can haul in a uh, a pass. So I think that's probably where you're going to see him kind of attack and then hopefully he kind of runs that football right where where this defense down because they're they're very good and if we just let them pass rush us all day you know it's uh we're, we're not going to like the results so hopefully we can get them uh on some run plays there and take advantage of that middle of the field and then maybe uh you know we can hit terry up deep but uh, with kevin back there uh in their secondary i'd be very careful uh deep shots that we take and you know with, with pass rush they can obviously get home i think the biggest one of the bigger part of the game's playing this week is going to be getting the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands as fast as possible. And that's something Rivera really emphasized in his interview with J.B. Finley from NBC Sports Washington. But the middle of the field is a great point. That, that is one of the things I was going to go to because you look at the Indianapolis Colts, who had a pretty feisty performance against the Titans, even in a defeat. Moali Cox, their tight end, finishes with six receptions for 85 yards, two touchdowns, 14 yards a catch. Those are season ties for him. He didn't get any more than two receptions in the previous three weeks prior. So, yeah. sure, you got some guys that are tackling machines, but they are liabilities in coverage. And one thing of the things that you know I want to call out Scott Turner for in general just isn't an ability to get his playmakers out with people one-on-one in space. You have Antonio Gibson, who only, I think, had three targets uh, as a pass catcher last week. That's unacceptable. I mean, you, you have an athletic Dallas defense, but I can't quite say the same for the Tennessee Titans. And you know, I think moving forward, uh, you know, there there has to be some hesitancy with giving Antonio Gibson too much volume. Well, you don't have the hesitancy with Brian Robinson Jr. They said that they're going forward as if he's completely medical cleared, no restrictions. Now we're recording here obviously on a Tuesday night, and you know, it's not quite sure how much of a workload he is going to have. But if he does, if this is a guy who gets possibly 20 carries, I think he's gonna 
possibly get close to breaking 100 yards with that. I I, I really do think that Brian Robinson Jr. is going to be a huge X factor for this offense moving forward. He's extremely physical. Quite frankly, you need to beat the Tennessee Titans at their own game, and that's play action and shoving the ball down their throat. I expect this to be a very old-school, old-fashioned, smash-mouth football game, and I think that it's going to be uh, – it, it really is going to come down to, you know, probably the last possession. But, you know, with with the, you know, beating the Titans at their own game, you know, we already talked about Ryan Tannehill possibly, you know, his, his job – doesn't have a whole lot of job security in general. And, you know, a lot of people made the same argument for Carson Wentz right now with the Washington Commanders. Ron Rivera, dating back – to Dwayne Haskins last year with the Washington then football team said that his performance was quote unquote unfair to the other 52 said that changes are possibly on the horizon. He's mentioned that little win streak. They went on the four in a row. He also mentioned that they ran the ball six more times a game and all of those games that they did win. You know, he says he knows that teams are, are, are putting their ears back and just attacking this quarterback says that Carson needs to get rid of the ball and live to fight another down what are your expectations moving forward at the quarterback position? Obviously, the compensatory pick is a big factor. There's a lot of animosity amongst the fan base. People saying, well, you don't make that move or, 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 or you keep Carson in. There's no need to bring in Taylor. Taylor's got nothing to prove. Where do you stand on the quarterback situation or, dare I say, controversy? Yeah, uh, so the, for for me, you, you've already traded the assets for Carson Wentz. So you you may as well squeeze out whatever you can get out of him, whatever production there is to be had, do it, because we're not getting those draft picks back. And if we play him over 70% of the snaps this year, that third-round pick turns into a second-round pick. So we, we really need to make sure that we're utilizing Carson the correct way because the last two games is not the way to do it. Uh, I mean, we saw the production. We saw the sacks. We saw uh, what that looks like. So we've got to find a better way to utilize him and that, you know, that that's really what this offense needs. So uh, Turner and Ron Rivera need to figure out w- what they want to do. Do they want to be a 45-plus uh, pass attempt type team? Do they want to be the running team that kind of Rivera seems to want to envision? Uh, and, and they probably need to come somewhere in the middle and uh, get a little bit more balanced. It doesn't need to be all run. It doesn't need to be all pass. But they need to find some balance because right now we're not very balanced and the defense knows it and they're having their way with us. So, you know, for me, let's let's exhaust what possibility we have with Carson Wentz first before we go to Heineke, before we go to Sam Howell. And and believe me, I was a big Sam Howell guy in the draft. He was one of the guys I wanted us to draft uh, right from the jump. Um, And it was kind of cool that we actually got him. So um, and I think he's got a lot of talent. But, hey, we're not there yet. Sam needs time. And uh, we, we, we're still early in the season. We can change this. We can turn this thing around um, if we make some changes. So I think uh, they need to, uh, Ron and, and Scott need to kind of get together and, and figure out, hey, all right. We, he claims to- that that's happened. He's claimed that he's talked to Carson. He's claimed that he's talked to Scott. And I think depending on when these conversations happen, Brian, this is just a bottom of the barrel, bottom of the league type of offense we're watching right now. I mean, you know, I'm a big Sam Howell guy. I'm wearing a Heineke shirt right now, honestly, just to be ironic. And, yeah. you know, a, a big thing about Carson coming into the season for me was his inability to get rid of the ball. That was a big thing with Dwayne. God rest his soul when he was here was that his performance was unfair to the other 52 men. And Ron wasn't wrong about that. And in fact, I respected the Mike Tomlin level quickness of being like, this isn't our guy. This isn't going to work. Let's move on. 
To me, when you're getting into the compensatory conversation, it's loser talk. Because then is it about draft status or is it about actually wanting to win football games? And in year three, Ron's put his his foot in his mouth a little bit too much. I know I'm throwing my opinions in here, but at the end of the day, this is a roster. This is a team that was expected to compete in 2022. That's why you go out and get a guy like Carson Wentz. I'm definitely uh, in the same boat you are with Sam Howell. I, I, I think throwing him out there right now, is definitely going to get him hurt or or, or just kind of ruin his psyche early in his career. But at the same time, you know, you have fans preaching, move the pocket, move the pocket, move the pocket. Carson has to have better awareness. Carson has to get that. I know you can't blame it all on him, and I will say that the offensive line has been bad. But at the same time, it's about the other 52, and there's going to be some resentment there with this offensive line if Carson doesn't start doing what he needs to do. JP kind of alluded to that, alluded to that on his show, and – Ron kind of brings up, you know, the second half of Detroit, all those garbage time yards, and then Jacksonville, where they clearly gave us the game. I mean, I was there. And, you know, he even said when Carson has a clean pocket, he leads the NFL in completion percentage. But, I mean, let's look at how many of those passes are actually beyond the line of scrimmage. I mean, really? And then that 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 attribute you bring Scott Turner in that com, uh, in that conversation as well. Scott, Ken Zampezi, and all these guys said, when well, once you get Carson Wentz, it opens the playbook up. Yeah. My thing is, Ron says that change is on the horizon, but my question is, at what point is that change going to come? I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Taylor Heineke is the future of this organization, but if no. Taylor Heineke cannot, cannot be a statue in the pocket, Taylor Heineke has to be familiar with this offense. Yeah. And he, I mean, you look at this time last year, we're top 10 in EPA, we're bottom three right now. I mean, look at every people can say i'm being negative people can say i'm being a pessimist brian you guys keep it real just like i do but this is bottom of the league numbers for this offense and something has got to give i'm not excited about it being against a pretty physical titans defense as well being the quote-unquote get right game and i gotta say kind of enclosure on rivera i appreciate the transparency you know he says we're not giving fans a reason to come back and he's right I, I mean, I had season ticket reps hitting me up, and I'm like, why would I want to invest in this exactly. as an on-the-field product, guys? And, you know, something that really turns me off, and it really rubbed me the wrong way back in 2019 when he first made comments like this. Jonathan Allen told the fans to keep the same energy. Yeah, I heard that Look, today. Yeah. Speaking of the other 52, you hope that the other 52 are half the player that Jonathan Allen is. You talked about how great he's been. He has been absolutely superb. Definitely the best defensive player on Dallas, maybe outside of Camp Curl. Yep. What did you make of Jonathan Allen's comments? I, I feel like this is becoming like a yearly conversation of keep the same energy. I mean, you talked about Dwayne. Yeah. It, don't be a fan later. I, I feel like when you're saying things like this, it it, it it's going to get to the point where you get to kind of a boiling point with the fan base. And there's two things. So I'm, I don't know how old you are. I'll tell you, I'm 39. So there is a little bit of perspective that needs to happen kind of from both sides, one the player side and one the fan side. And for the players, right, these are all essentially young men uh, in their 20s. And, you know, I, I don't know if they have the perspective of being a lifelong fan, right, of, uh, you know, going to work all week and then spending your hard-earned money on tickets, on shirts, on jerseys, on all these things. And then you go to the game on Sunday and your team gets blown out by 25. Guys are running free in the secondary. People don't know uh, what their assignments are. And having that kind of uh, feeling of just absolute defeat. 
Um, so, I, you know, I don't think they kind of appreciate, you know, where the fans are coming from. Like, hey, I put all my time and energy and money into, you know, kind of rooting on this team and the product that we get just isn't good enough. And also, I think probably from our, you know, perspective, the fans' perspective, we forget these guys, right? They, you know, Jonathan Allen didn't cause all the stuff that happened 25 years ago or the past 25 years with this team. You know, he's he's working his butt off, and he's probably pissed. I'm sure he looks at social media. I'm sure he sees some of the comments, listens to some of the radio shows, TV shows, all those kinds of things, and he's like, man, I'm trying. You know, I made a Pro Bowl last year. I'm trying. And, uh, you know, you keep hearing all these things, and I'm sure whenever he puts a, a post out on social media, you know, you got some people who make – you know, bad comments on the on that post or whatever, and he's probably frustrated as well too. I'm sure he doesn't like losing. He's come from winning programs, so there's a little bit of that. Did did I like that comment personally? No, I I, I didn't. Um, but I also think you know he's he's a he's a young man who's kind of frustrated, who's tired of losing, and his his best way that he could express it was probably that. So when you talk about a guy who's used to winning, Jonathan Allen. He, yeah. he, you talked about the Saban comparisons with him and Rivera at one point, yeah. getting people to kind of buy in. You think about Joe Burrow, who was a winner at LSU, said oh, he yeah. kind of had to just unsol- uninstall all social media. I can only imagine stuff that Jonathan Allen reads. And oh, yeah. we've interviewed him on this show, Draft Night. I mean, he was fantastic, cool. gave yeah. us everything we wanted to know, kind of an insight on Terry McCorn and how negotiations were for him. Yeah. I don't expect him to be a social media-oriented kind of guy. I don't even expect him to say things that fans necessarily like, but – at what point do you even not believe your own BS in a sense? And I'm not saying that he's BSing us. I, I think he firmly believes that this this team can turn around and right the wrongs. But don't be a fan or, 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 or keep the same energy. I mean, I that sentiment to me is just kind of a moot point. You know, he's always been a kind of lead by play kind of guy. And I feel like he should just kind of stick to that. And, you know. I, like I said, 2019 Monday Night Football against the uh, I think it was the Chicago Bears. He comes out post game and he's jawing off. And I guess you could argue that that's what good leaders do. But you know, you have Rivera saying, "I don't really have a, I don't see a reason for these people to even want to come to games." Then you have him saying, "Well, don't you know?" <laughs> it's just two two kind of extremes here, and you know. Obviously, there's a, a a surplus of apathy right now amongst the fan base because of just how bad the season has started. And, you know, I, I'll tell you another aspect of it is he is a human being. And that's something that you said or kind of alluded to. And that's something that I can certainly rationalize and agree with. And I'm sure that he feels like this defense has played good the last couple of weeks, yeah. played good enough to win these games, and they just can't quite put it together on offense. So I understand the frustration. I just don't understand the whole even addressing the fans about what's going on. I think Rivera's sentiment is probably the most accurate, and I I feel like that should be the one that everybody kind of falls into. I mean, at the end of the day, we are consumers. And, you know, if you let this team dictate your mental health, my goodness, you are going to be in a poor split space mentally because there's no stability with this organization i mean i will say brian i i feel like they're a much better organization in general than they were before rivera took over you you can have people say jay gruden this jay gruden that but at the end of the day i do feel like we are a better organization as far as the on the field product is concerned i mean ron rivera is looking awfully jeff fisher-ish the more and more these these seasons go on yeah, I, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head. The comments by the players, the comments from Ron, um, all of that goes back to the head coach. Uh, any head coach, I think you mentioned Mike Tomlin, uh, Bill Belichick. They get they set the example for their players in everything, whether it's play on the field, whether it's what they say in the press conference, how they act in the community. And I think Ron has been very lax in that. So I don't necessarily blame Jonathan Allen. 
If you're the head coach of a football team, you tell your players, look, you keep your answers short. You keep them simple. You don't fall for the bait. It's funny and you say that. So Because, I- because uh, you know, you don't hear very many Steelers players speaking out of turn or Patriots players, or you can pick some other head coach. Uh, you know, there has to be a plan. And Ron has been kind of lax, right? We heard his defensive coordinator speak out multiple times. We hear some of the players sometimes speak out. So I, I really think Ron kind of needs to rein everybody in, get everybody on the same page, whether it's on-field play or whether it's just answering questions in the media. Look, we've got to keep this thing buttoned up and we're trying. That's the message. We're trying. We're going to get better. And, uh, you know, we're going to fight uh, like hell on uh, Sunday. And, and that's it, you know, and just keep it on repeat, just like that. It's very funny. You mentioned the coach kind of dictating w- what these players are putting out because I kind of ironically in preparation for this, I was listening to the Bustin' the Boys episode with Taylor Heineke and, you yeah. know, Taylor Lewan asked Taylor, he's like, well, you know, how's Rabel about the media? Like, what does he tell you guys to say? Is there any type of MO? And, you know, they seem to have a lot of things that they related to in, in regards to, you know, Rivera and Rabel's handling of the media. To me, this just shows frustration by Jonathan Allen. I mean, you know, I mean, like you talk about the winning culture in, in, in Alabama, you're coming to the league and, you know, you have all the pieces in place. And now on both sides of the ball, it's like, what are we doing? What's going on? Where is the disconnect? And when one week the defense Defense is good. The offense is bad. When the offense is bad, the defense is. I mean, just it's either one or the other. It's and you know it, it almost always feels like something that only happens here, but it's not. And you know, I think there are better days ahead. I really do. I I, I don't see this team doing much in 2022, uh, even if they were to string together some wins. And I don't think a bunch of strung together wins really say anything. Just like I felt like winning against Cooper Rush in Dallas really didn't mean anything about the the severity, the contendership of this team. And you know. Obviously, you get Brian Robinson Jr. back this week. You're possibly getting Chase Young back. They're saying he's week to week. Uh, you know, obviously, Chase Young is going to be a much needed addition to this defensive line. Let's just hope that, you know, the season isn't even even more lost by them because then, believe it or not, you get into the conversation of, is there even a point of rolling him out on the field? I understand that people can sit there and, and try to negate that, but what are your thoughts on Chase Young? We were given that little kind of update by Ron. I kind of want to get your thoughts on that before we move on to predictions close well, out the show. Well, well, I'll tell you what. I, I like that you brought up Brian Robinson because I think he's going to have a much bigger impact than the impact Chase will have and i know a lot of people will be all upset about that no, um, you're dead but, on but but here's the thing about pass rushers and young pass rushers who have like this injury uh a pretty big injury is they're just working on rehabbing right they're working out every day and they're rehabbing they're not working on developing a second move a third move a whole pass rush plan uh because their time is just filled up with recovery with rehab uh and uh working out so he's not even getting to work on his craft and i think that is something that um you know as a young player that you're trying to learn how to pass rush and things like that that can be a big um hindrance or stumbling block for him so when he comes back i'm afraid that there's just going to be too much expectation. I think people are going to think, hey, he needs to be Superman. He needs to have five sacks every game, four forced fumble, three interceptions. And it's it's just not going to happen. He's going to need time to kind of come back together. Whereas, you know, Brian Robinson, he's been running between the tackles his entire life. That doesn't change. He's going to take the football. He doesn't fumble. And he's going to knock somebody out in the hole because that's what he does. So I'm looking for that to have a really big impact. I think, you know, it'll probably be next year when we see Chase really fully back to himself and dominating and throwing people around. I just think it's going to ask him too much of him 
for the type of injury he had to come back midseason and all of a sudden break records and things like that. It's just too much. I, I definitely – no arguments here on the Brian Robson Jr. being more of an impact yeah. player. I, I feel like he's going to be – I know I've said it almost in nausea the shot in the arm that this offense certainly yes. needs. And, yes. and, and, you know, on top of that, you know, I can understand where someone's listening to this and questioning and saying, well, Parker, why do you feel that way about the compensatory pick? But you but you you're possibly entertaining the idea of resting Chase for the rest of the season. I feel like there's just too much invested in a guy like Chase Young. And if you're if he comes back at a point, say Halloween, like JP speculating, you know, if your season's lost, I mean, you're risking re-injury for what? Right. I mean, really, for what? And I mean, there, there's no draft capital involved in this. It's just the health of the player. And if the player is playing for nothing at that point, then I just I, I don't think that that's a defeatist mentality. And I will say Chase, Jonathan Allen, everybody still seems to buy into the vision of Ron Rivera. But we asked you guys, the silence watching listeners, watchers, have you given up on Ron Rivera? We put the poll out and 67 percent of you have wow. voted Yes, you have given up on Ron Rivera as the leader of this football team. So that's damn near 70% of, of our listeners and watchers are not quite in on Ron's plan. Doesn't It doesn't quite surprise me to see that number, but certainly an alarming number. I'm sure it wouldn't have been that prior to the start to the season, but I mean, just what a, quite frankly, piss poor start to the season, you know? And, you know, obviously this is a preview episode for this week five matchup. So now we're at the part of the show where we predict what will happen this Sunday at FedEx Field for the Week 5 matchup versus the Tennessee Titans, who are favored, by the way, on the road versus the 1-3 Washington Commanders. Titans sitting 2-2 two and two right at 500. But as always, guys, this part of the show is brought to you by our sponsor, Prize Picks. Make sure you use promo code SSNWFT for a $100 instant deposit bonus match. Uh, download the free app, guys. It's there. You know, there's a lot of people hitting some big, big stuff right now, big prop X, parlays, all that stuff. Download the free Prize Picks app today. Of course, all terms and conditions apply and take advantage of our limited time offer using promo code SSNWFT for a $100 instant deposit bonus match. Brian, we'll start with you. What is your prediction this Sunday for the Washington Commanders for what we're hoping will be a bounce back game? Do you think that they will turn the ship? I think they write the ship this Sunday. I think Rivera, I think the players, uh, they got their ego kicked in and they are embarrassed. And I think they are actually going to do something about it this Sunday. I think they uh, spent all week drawing up new game plans, rededicating themselves. And I think they come out and I think they stop Derrick Henry and they embarrass Ryan Tannehill and Mike Vrabel. And it's 26-21 good guys. 26 21 good guys i like that you know and it's easy to sit here and and, and say that you know derrick henry is gonna have a monster performance maybe outdo what he did last week versus indianapolis a, a team that's very familiar with him but i think they're gonna keep him in check maybe he'll break open a, a big one in the fourth but i I've, i have faith in this rush defense i don't see a big day for king henry in fact i'm gonna predict that brian robson jr has more yards than derrick henry in this matchup oh, uh i, I have the commander's losing this one though unfortunately i have the bad guys squeaking this one out i i just think that the tennessee titans are just a well-oiled machine they have an identity they're also just healthier at the end of the day and you know i i think that there's going to be more and more questions 26 to 19 loss here i don't think that the pressure is going to let up on ron rivera anytime soon i i see chicago as that as that get right game i think this titans yeah. team was at the top of the afc for a for a reason i mean yeah. derrick henry is legit uh, he's a two-time rushing leader for a reason ryan Tannehill, if he, if he if he stays upright and we're not putting our hands on the quarterback like we haven't been all year 
then, you know, he's just going to have a day where he picks this defense apart. And, you know, sure, we've seen some encouraging things, Brian. I'm really glad you pointed him out. We, 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 we've seen them kind of drifting away from the man, drifting away from the zones and the situations where it's not ideal. We've seen things turning up for this defense. But this offense, probably one of the worst offensive units I've seen as a fan. Obviously, you know, you and I have different era, different fans. But, man, this is just some low-level offensive play. And this is a vi- uh, um, uh, Titans defensive unit, especially in the interior, that can make you pay. So I definitely think Tyler Larson coming back is going to be a big-time addition for this offensive line. You yeah. need those guards to get right. You hope Sadiq Charles plays well. Obviously, Cornelius Lucas probably getting the nod now that Sam Cosme is out. You know, losing Sam Cosme sucks. If you ask Twitter, he was horrible, but, you know, finished with a pretty solid PFF grade. A guy who I predicted to be a Pro Bowl this year. Definitely a rough start. Things haven't quite lived up to our expectations, Brian. Long story short. But the fan in me wants a win, but the realist in me doesn't quite see it happening here. I think the Commanders stay below 500, unfortunately. But... That is all the time we have here on the preview pod. Ryan's got the good guys. I got the bad guys, unfortunately. Of course, we got the post game coming up this Sunday, guys. Comment your predictions below. Make sure you download the free prospect app and get started. Obviously, you know, a lot of football left in the season, guys. And, you know, I, I do think this team can turn things around, uh, you know, and I, and I feel like the Chicago Bears are a great opportunity for that. I hate to look so far ahead, man, but, you know, th- this, this is a game that I feel like the the, the more you keep the Titans in it, the worse it would be for the commanders at home. Right. Uh, obviously, think pink game. Uh, it's going to be some good stuff there with the breast cancer awareness. Uh, Brian, obviously, man, it's been awesome having you on. You're about to go oh, on. Thank you. Floor, uh, watching the classified, commanders declassified with you guys, Ellie and Eric. And I'm very excited to listen to that, see what you guys got to say about this matchup. But for the people that aren't following you, man, uh, which is a damn shame if they aren't, let them know where they can find you. Parker, I appreciate you having me on. This was a blast. Thank you so much. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Mr. Who with two O's one. Uh, that's at Mr. Who with two O's one. Obviously, I'm on the Commander's Declassified podcast. Anywhere you get podcasts, uh, the website is WFTDeclassified.com. We write some stories occasionally. Uh, so, you know, come by, check us out. And awesome show, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, this was uh, This was pretty cool talking to you. Can't wait to have you back on. Like he said, they got a lot of pieces on the Declassified website as well. Uh, you know, like I said, man, it, it's been a blast. Even talking about a bad football team, you know, it, it's <laughs> yeah. fun. You're talking to some good companies. So can't wait to have you back on the show. And, you know, like he said, you you check out the Declassified website. You can also check out Sidelines by clicking the link tree in the description. You can find us, guys, everywhere, even TikTok, all social media. You can find us in the audio realm. Link tree in the description, whether you're listening or watching us, click there, find all things sidelines. And as always, I'm the head of NFL operations. If you know anyone or yourself wants to join the team and be a contributor, we're always looking, guys. Sidelines, WFT at gmail.com. Or you can DM me at Parker Hamlet, Twitter, silence underscore WFT. Uh, we're, lo- we're over 2K now. We're trying to keep our keep interaction, everything going, guys. We're always talking, always trying to start a dialogue on all forms of social media. We will see you guys after the Week 5 matchup for our post-game, post-Titans. But until then, this is the SSN signing off. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.